You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, hello. I want to welcome you to today's podcast. We are going to be covering Numbers chapter 15. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, hopefully you've read through this chapter Uh, My goal is to come alongside of you, bring some clarity, insight, and uh, maybe what little wisdom I have to be able to give you today. Now, in case you're wondering, you might be uh, asking, what what has been going on with the podcast? We've been going through numbers, and you haven't been doing a whole lot. I think I only did one on numbers, as a matter of fact. Well, that's because uh, at the church, Arvin Assembly, we have been implementing something new, which is a weekly uh, discipleship guide. And because of that, just uh, being deeply entrenched in trying to get this off the ground, um, the podcasts have taken a little bit of a backseat, but I think that I'm at a place where I can be able to still handle uh, both. And so my goal is to come alongside you, not only your daily reading, um, but also your daily um, discipleship guide. And so what you're going to notice is that the podcast is going to follow very closely with that discipleship guide. Now, if you are not part of Arvin Assembly, don't despair. Down in the description link, I'm going to provide a PDF of the entire outline of Numbers chapter 15. Now, uh, here at Arvin Assembly, we're going to cover this chapter over the course of a couple of days. And so our, our reading that we do in community, Numbers 15 is divided over Monday and Tuesday. So this is September 18th. 2023. So we'll get into that in just a second. Um, also want to let you know that I'm trying out a different um, format for the podcast. And so what you'll see is I'm going to break this up into sections and I'm trying something a little different. So if you're tuning in, if you happen to uh, listen on Spotify, uh, I think that there is an option that you can leave me a comment. And um, all I'm wanting to know is what do you think of the new Format and so you'll notice in between sections I'm going to have a uh, little little bit of music coming in and out. So enough of that. Uh, appreciate you tuning in today. Let's jump right in. I'm going to cover first and foremost the just the introduction. Uh, I think it's important that when we get into a new section of scripture, sometimes sections are divided by chapters, sometimes they aren't. That we make sure we put our thinking caps on. That means context and and where we are in the whole grand narrative or scheme of things of the Bible. If I were to put a title on today's chapter of Numbers 15, it would be the power of confidence and why it matters. Now, confidence is a very interesting thing, isn't it? When it is flowing within us, we feel like we can do just about anything, don't we? I mean, challenges, bring them on. Temptation, psh, that's nothing. If life throws you a curveball, just swing and hit. That's the kind of stuff that confidence does. But there is a secret behind where this confidence truly comes from, and that is our connection, our relationship with God. So part of the backstory on this is Numbers 13 and 14, And they made a very, very serious error. We'll just call it what it is. It was was a sin. They turned away from God in unbelief, and there were some consequences to these actions. There was a 40-year detour that they're going to have to make in the desert. This has to do with the 10 spies bringing a negative report, them wanting to go back to Egypt. 
And so that sets us up for Numbers 15. So it's sort of like, all right, Lord, what in the world are you doing with this? But I want you to think of it like this. God, in all of his wisdom and all of his grace, he did not leave them without hope. He ensured that their kids were going to see the promised land. And so the question we want to ask is, how did God inject hope in the middle of this sin and despair? He did so by introducing laws. You, you heard me right. Laws that were to be followed by the next generation. Forty years, in fact, down the line. These laws have to do when they get into the land. So what's the responsibility of the current generation? They need to teach these principles to their children that will help mold the future. And just a little clarification for everyone. When, when you hear me say the word law, and especially right here, we're talking about Torah. So don't, don't confuse that with complex legal codes and all that, you know, what we call quote unquote boring stuff like from Leviticus. It, these are guidelines. These are teachings. These are life's how-to manual. And part of these instructions that God was giving as hope are the grain and the drink offerings. And so we see this in the first 16 verses, the grain and the drink offerings. Now, these weren't just any offerings. These were profound symbols. The grain offering was a declaration of dedication, and it was like saying, Hey, God, I'm here. This, this that I'm about to give you is the best of me. And the drink offering, I want you to imagine taking one of those foo-foo. Hopefully you don't drink wine. If you don't, stop it and repent. But imagine having one of the just most expensive, exquisite bottles of wine and giving that to God, representing the surrender and the commitment of one's life. Now, these offerings were deeply significant. They echoed the essence of Jesus' sacrifice. Because isn't that what Jesus did for us? He gave us his all. They were symbols for them of a hope and a brighter future, especially when they made it into the promised land. But here's the kicker, I guess you could say. The offerings had to be precise. There was no room for error. And because these represented the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus, this was also for everyone. This was an all-inclusive act. So what is our big takeaway out of these first 16 verses? There is just one genuine pathway to God, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so recognizing and expressing gratitude for Jesus' sacrifice is all about being genuine and authentic, being grateful and thankful, and giving Him our all. True confidence is rooted deep within us, anchored by our trust in God's love and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. All right, let's journey onward. Next on our exploration is a beautiful concept that we can all relate to. It is extremely relevant to today. It's all about gratitude and the act of giving back. I'm talking, of course, of the guidelines for first fruits. This is found in verses 17 through 21 of Numbers 15. Stick with me, and I think you're going to love this. 
Now, I want you to imagine for a second that you've got your paycheck or maybe even a gift. I mean, there is great joy of receiving something that is new or something that's earned, right? But here's a beautiful thought. What if we see every bit of it as a blessing from God? And what if we share a part of that very blessing as a simple, heartfelt thank you to God? So here's what the guidelines for first fruits were all about. First off, it wasn't an immediate thing. God, in his immense understanding, wanted his people to be settled first. So imagine entering the promised land, planting seeds, and enjoying your very first harvest. That's when you would take a moment to share your gratitude. And here's the heartwarming bit about it. God's grace shines brightly as he reassures the adults. Yes, they had their moments of stubbornness, but the kids, they were destined to embrace the promised land and all of its wonders. Now, as for the how-to part, God kept it quite relatable. The first of your flour or your dough, simply transform it into a cake and offer it up. It's a simple yet deeply symbolic act. It's a slice of gratitude, if you will. And here's a nice little nugget for us. This wasn't just a one-time deal. God envisioned it as a timeless tradition. It's a constant reminder of His abundance and His grace in our lives. It's a beautiful echo. He provides and we give thanks. And in doing so, we recognize that every little thing, whether it's our daily bread or our big successes, it's all truly a gift from Him. Now, friends, as we ponder upon this, I want us to ask ourselves, how often do we stop and pause to express gratitude for the blessings that we enjoy? This age-old tradition holds so much relevance even to today. As you and I continue to receive, let's also cultivate the habit of giving back, even if it's just a small token of appreciation, because in every act of gratitude, we are honoring God's hand that blesses us every single day. All right, friends, journey with me into another deep dive into the heart of divine forgiveness. You know, in our lives, sometimes we slip up. Let's be honest, it's sin. Sometimes we do this without even realizing it. But isn't that human nature? I want to give you a comforting thought. God understands this. And he laid out a blueprint for forgiveness, even for those unintentional times. I want to dive into the regulations for forgiveness of unintentional sin that we see here in Numbers chapter 15, verses 22 through 29. First of all, I want you to imagine an entire community of believers making an honest mistake. And when that happens, What's the remedy for that? We see God in these scriptures forgiving the collective. So say an entire community messed up. They sinned, not deliberately, but by oversight, just ignorantly. I mean, they didn't, they didn't mean any harm. They just didn't realize 
that they did it. God, in his infinite mercy and grace, he gives a way out. The sin, totally unintentional. And then the community would come together. They would present a special sacrifice that symbolizes Jesus' great sacrifice for all of our sins. Now, here's something that's amazing in here. We see God's dual promise. First of all, he would look at this sacrifice and he would say, I forgive. And you know what? Just like today, we look to Jesus. And when we look to him, we find forgiveness. Secondly, this was something that was available to everyone. Whether you were born into this community called Israel or if you had recently joined in, God's forgiveness and God's coverage was equally accessible to all. Now, what about if you just have an individual? How does God forgive the Lone Ranger? So let's just say that there's one individual who happens to sin. What then? Well, the sin... Yes, it had to be completely unintentional. But to find forgiveness, it's the same exact way. Through the special sacrifice that mirrors Jesus' sacrifice and the individual promise that we see here, this is incredible. Every single person, regardless of their origin, regardless of their gender, doesn't matter who you were and where you're from, they could find the exact same forgiveness by following this path. Now, here's the big thought for us. Every single one of us, we're going to sin every once in a while, perhaps every day. But you know what? God, in his endless love, always provides a way for forgiveness. And today, that way is through Jesus Christ. Every time we sin, all we need to do is genuinely turn our hearts back towards Him, ask for forgiveness, and dedicate our lives to Him once more. This is the bridge back to grace and a reminder of His love for us. As we progress in our exploration of Numbers 15, it's important to understand that in every relationship there are boundaries and expectations. There's grace and there's love, but there's also accountability. God had established a clear distinction between unintentional sin and defiant sin. So for the next few moments, I want to explore the laws addressing deliberate, defiant sin found in verses 22 through 29. So let's break down this defiant sin according to the scripture. Defiant sin isn't just about making a mistake. No, it's about knowingly crossing a boundary. It's about openly disrespecting the Lord, which is blaspheming Him, choosing to overlook and reject God's Word, and consciously, willfully breaking God's command, and, by the way, His heart. So, 
What does this look like? Well, when someone is in defiance and defiant by their sin and in their sin, they're not just sinning, they're rebelling. And this rebellion comes at a high price. God's law says that they would be cut off. That means to be entirely separated from him and from the community. Imagine cutting ties with the source of all life, love, and grace. This is a profound isolation. Now, to illustrate this, God gives a case study, if you will, of a Sabbath lawbreaker. So to illustrate this, the the scripture tells a very sobering story about a man knowingly, flagrantly violating the sacred Sabbath command. Now, I think it's important to note that this was not an oversight, friends. Uh, And most likely, this was not his first time breaking the Sabbath. Most likely, he was a repeat offender. This man was challenging God and the community, if you will, by throwing down the gauntlet. And so how did the Lord respond? Well, the man was detained. He was presented to the leaders and to the community. He waited in custody as Moses, God's mouthpiece, sought his guidance. And what was the judgment? It was harsh, but it was clear. It was death. The entire community participated in stoning him outside the camp. Why is that? It's because this wasn't just about one man. It was about the heart of the community and their commitment to God's standard. Here's the big idea here, friends. The Sabbath, our days of rest, they're not just breaks. These are divinely instituted moments for rejuvenation and worship in community. And by violating this day, a person challenges not just the overall health of a community of a church, but also the very essence of who we are called to be. And so as we reflect on these scriptures, I want us to cherish these days of of wisdom and the wisdom that's behind them remembering that we need to always align our hearts with god and with his people i'm going to be making a bonus episode as to why we don't follow the sabbath be on the lookout for that on tuesday In our walkthrough of God's law, his Torah, his training, his instruction, we come to one that might raise some eyebrows. Now, at first glance, these tassels with a blue cord on clothing might seem a little odd to us. Now, if you're imagining a fashion statement, you need to think again. These tassels held profound spiritual significance illuminating the depth of God's call to holiness and godly living. Let's dive into this last section of Scripture. It's found in verses 37 to 41. The first thing that we need to acknowledge is that this was a law, an instruction, 
an ordinance that was beyond time. This wasn't just a trend for a season. God made it clear that this law was here to stay as long as the covenant was in force. This speaks to us of its lasting relevance and the eternal nature of God's message to us. So what is the message? What is the symbolism of the tassels? Well, it was a visible memo, if you will. Every flicker, every flutter, every brush against the leg was a reminder that God's word, God's laws are ever-present and should guide every step and every decision in our lives. It was a call to rise above. These were not just threads, but barriers encouraging God's people from succumbing to worldly passions and fleeting desires. It was a call for an undivided heart and soul. It wasn't about partial devotion. These tassels were a constant reminder that God wants all of you, all of your love, all of your attention, all of your commitment. I want you to imagine with me for a moment, you're an ancient Israelite and you need to get some water for your household. And so you take a jar and you head down to the little brook. And as you're walking, you feel the tassels brush up against your skin. It would remind you to reflect, to assess, to commit once again. This was God's way of ensuring his children lived lives rooted in holiness, shelter from the blinding allure and the, the entrapments and enchantments of worldly lusts. There is some weight that's behind this law. This wasn't just a man-made law. This wasn't a tradition of men. It was divinely ordained. I want you to remember as you read that this came from the Lord. He is the one who is above all and is in control of all. There's an intimate phrase that is found here that says, The Lord, your God. This shows us the deep personal bond between God and his people. We also see embedded in here is the recalling of God's deliverance from Egypt. This symbolizes the, the uh, deliverance from worldly snares, worldly entrapments. This helps underscores God's mighty and unwavering commitment to guide his people in the paths of righteousness. So, what do we do with this? What are the big ideas? What are the key takeaways? Well, first of all, you and I today are called to a constant mindfulness of what Jesus has done and our spiritual commitments. Second of all, God's commands, His Word, it's not just a set of rules, but it is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light for our path. It is a path towards sanctity, towards wholeness, towards holiness. Third, every aspect of our lives should echo this call to holiness, be it through our actions, 
our thoughts, our words, even down to the very clothes we choose to wear. Hey friends, it's been an honor to walk with you through Numbers chapter 15. If this has been a blessing to you, if it's been helpful to you or insightful to you, why don't you share this with a friend? As I told you in the beginning of the podcast, the uh, episode guide is right down below in the video description or audio description, depending on where you're watching this from, and it can be easily downloadable. You know, there are a lot of folks that need God's word in their lives. And so maybe you can be an encouragement to them. So share this episode, send them a text, send them an email, whatever works for you, and encourage them to get a dose of God's word. And uh, if you have any thoughts, if you have any prayers, if there's anything that I can do for you, just let me know and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later. <laughs>